You are now listening to Talking That Talk. I'm T. And I'm Key. And we're a show of two informed and opinionated Black women. Each week, we will discuss thought-provoking ideas, life experiences, and perspectives with each other and special guests. So buckle up, because Because it's going to be a hell of a ride. This time on Talking That Talk. Do you think we need a month? Uh, I think we need a whole year, bitch. But the problem is that what what they teach our kids in schools and what and what they um, pride versus giving the full spectrum and the full picture and providing all the details. Girl, because I got the watered down version, honey. This is a responsibility to make sure it doesn't happen again, right? Why do you, white woman or white man, Feel the need to come up to me and apologize for you growing up in a racist household. Boo-hoo, so sad, so sorry. But why, like, why do you need to burden, why do you feel the need and the comfort and the privilege to be able to burden me with that? Like, that is so goddamn frustrating. Mm. Like, I feel like, okay, you grew up in a racist household, keep that to yourself. And how about you navigate in the world by not being racist? Hey, T. Hey, Key. What's good, girl? Nothing. It is now March. We are in a pandemic, um, right? Of the the Rona. The Rona so <laughs> Rona is taking over, and everybody's freaking out. Flight deals are crazy. School is virtual. I mean, everything's going on. I've been staying at home, staying away from people, and it's been pretty nice. What's been going on with you? Like, how has this been affecting your life, your work? Um, it's. It hasn't really affected me yet. I mean, of course, I was one of those people, like, did I go to the grocery store? Yes. Yes, because they was, like, cleaning the shelves out. You hear yes. me? So. Stay me, Cali girl. The lines are so long. Really? Yeah. It's a mess. It is. Do you think that it's as big as everybody's making it? Like, do you think we're yes. freaking out rightfully? Yes. You want me why to tell you why? Yes. Um, as a okay, so you, we're both in this public health world, and and me being a healthcare worker, the issue is not the disease itself, yes, or the virus itself. Yes, people survive. Yes, the mortality rate is low. It's the fact that we cannot have all of you guys coming to the hospital at the same damn time. There's just not enough beds. So what happens yeah. is. If we have too many people that are sick at the same time, we have to turn away um, people who actually need treatment sometimes. And those are how the death starts shooting up. And that's what happened in Italy. Um, They ran out of hospital beds and 200 people died in 24 hours. So the problem is not the disease. The problem is being able to treat so many people at the same damn time. So, yeah, I'm keeping this a lot about. Yeah, it says a lot about our broken healthcare systems mm-hmm. um, throughout the throughout the world, and it also says a lot about money and how you know if you are rich in this world, you'll be fine and you have money because rich people aren't getting turned away from hospitals. So it's like this disease. I was seeing, um, I saw a meme on Instagram, and like the Chinese people were basically screaming out their window, like it's fake, it's fake, everything's fake. Um, so there's a lot of rumors about coronavirus and where it may have come from and where it may have started. So mm-hmm. um, while this is definitely killing people, I think when they say it's fake, they mean that maybe this is something that governments created. And I don't yeah. think they're wrong. 
I think that happens. Yeah, to I Same think with I HIV think it was created. Different, different mm-hmm. other diseases. Yeah. I- I think it was created. I think it's man-made. Um, to be honest, it's the coronavirus. Uh, the common cold is a coronavirus. If people didn't know that, the common cold is a form of coronavirus. Um, I think what it is is we have. So our healthcare system is different over here than it is in um, other countries. Like over there, getting like antibiotics is easy. Like, it's basically considered like an OT over-the-counter drug. Like, you just go and say, I want Vanco, and they, someone gives it to you. It's not like how here you have to go to, you have to get prescribed that by a doctor. So what ends up happening is all of these people are taking um, antibiotics for, like, minor things, and that's what creates these superbugs. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the reasons why, um, and then plus China, So and I've actually heard this from um, someone uh one of my uh, co-workers, she was telling me that China's hygiene is, like, really bad. Yes. Like, it's, really it's, bad. I've been, to China, <laughs> I've been in China twice, and I must agree. That and, like, the hygiene and the coughing and the regard for personal space is not there in China. For sure. Yeah, like, they just spit on the ground. Like, it's just one of those things. Like, they, they use the restroom, and there's no, like, plumbing or anything like that. So, it's just, like, crazy. And I'm like, oh, heck no. <laughs> I agree. Okay, so enough about Rona. Yeah. Why are we here today? Because it's Black History Month, and we're going to let y'all know why it's the fucking best month of the year. That, 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 and we're also going to grapple with the idea of Black History Month and why we have it. And is it enough? Like, we have so many questions. So let's get into it. Yeah, let's do that. So before we get into it, I do want to start with a quote. You know, I love my quotes. And I'm going to start with a quote from Tanisi Coates from Between the World and Me. And the book itself says a lot of different statements about Black History Month. And I'm going to give you all the quote before I give a little breakdown for those of you who have not read it. But if you're a Black, and especially if you're a Black boy or man in America, I would highly recommend that this be at the top of your reading list. It reads... The violence that undergirded the country so flagrantly on display during Black History Month and the intimate violence of, yeah, nigga, what's up now? We're we're not unrelated. And this violence was not magical, but was a piece and by design. So that quote Mm. is, is around the third chapter of the book. And during that chapter, he's talking about his time as a child in school during Black History Month. And he says, you know, they they bring them into the auditorium and they show them all these nonviolent movements and they're showing them Martin Luther King Jr. and, and you know, Rosa Parks and all of the, and people marching and protesting. And he grew up in a home where his, you know, his father was a member of the Black Panther Party and people like Malcolm were, were his idol because he saw that, he, he grew up in the streets of Baltimore and in Baltimore, it was just so violent and he couldn't, as a young boy, he felt the fear of his body very, very early on. So in this quote, he's really g- grappling with the idea that he was, you know, given all these nonviolent movements for Black History Month and nonviolent idols and really white people telling him, you know, the way to solve your problem is to just to sit down, be patient and don't be violent versus he's like, nah, like on the streets it's violent. And these two things are completely unrelated because I'm experiencing this intimate violence in my life every day. So 
the real big idea is that like why are we always shown during black history month all these non-violent images and like did that also affect mm. your perspective on being black and how you should interact with the world like when you were seeing all these black history month um videos when you were growing up did you also experience the same thing of like this non-violent culture being pushed on us yeah like i've always felt like you know the right way is to be to use your voice and you know march and like those were like kind of like the images that you see in like your history books just peace 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 you know like that solves everything um and to an extent like and i it's like weird because i struggle with this a lot because like i don't feel like the the answers like we're not getting the uh, problem solved as quickly as they should be where i feel like sometimes force would get 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 us there faster does that make sense mm -hmm. um then peace you know so <sighs> yeah and but do i like i don't know where i fall on the spectrum of like malcolm x versus mlk like i'm on that spectrum like i feel like i lean towards mlk but i don't know if i lean towards mlk because i was taught to lean towards mlk do you get what i'm saying i get what you're saying and i originally i didn't know much about malcolm and that's another point that coates mentions in the book he's like you know like malcolm wasn't really shown to me in school he wasn't prided like he wasn't celebrated the same way that Ma martin luther king jr was and people who mm -hmm. were a part of the nonviolent movement so i agree i also was like you know am i okay all the way and then when i became a little bit older and I was in college, I read the autobiography of Malcolm X and through his book, he, you know, he points out, out a lot of other books and black people throughout history who have said, you know what, fuck this. I'm going to raise hell and I'm going to, I'm going to give them what they give me. And I don't think that's necessarily the right way to solve things in life. But I think at that time in the country, things were just so at unrest. And if, when you read about their lives, they, they experienced a lot of shit and they just kept going through it over mm -hmm. and over again. So if you ask me um, if I was alive during that time, I think I would have definitely been on the side of Malcolm. I would have for sure been a Black Panther. Like that's just, that's me. I, I don't think I could have taken it, you know? And, yeah. and I think it's so graceful, some things about the nonviolent movement, but I think it also is unrealistic. And I think that's a really big point. And I think when we consider Black History Month, then we have to, think about all the aspects of the movement. And I don't think they would have accomplished what they did one without the other. So I think both of them have to be there. Equally but, balanced. Yeah, equally balanced. But the problem is that what what they teach our kids in schools and what, and what they um, pride versus giving the full spectrum and the full picture and providing all the details, which I think is um, a problem. Girl, cause I got the watered down version, honey watered yeah. down i mean i think in texas okay first of all we're down south so <laughs> like it's definitely going to be watered down it's definitely not going to show like all of the the brutal images and everything of that nature um but just to piggyback on like the whole concept of um what you were saying regarding like trying to move things forward and um trying to like hone in on that point of like that violence thing um, I've like felt my entire life to like challenge stereotypes that have been placed on me is to be the exact opposite of that stereotype. Sometimes some people like, you know, you've, some people are like, well, why do you have to do that? Why you can't just be yourself? And it's just like, 
I love that feeling of like, yeah, I proved your ass wrong. And it happens so time, a lot of times at work where it's like, you know, they assume that I'm just this ghetto black girl. But when I like when I show my intellect and when I, you know, work when my work ethic speaks for itself, I kind of rewrite their own stereotypical image of like black people, black women, you know, um, when I first started, uh, I'm not going to speak about the job, but when I first started the job, um, it was kind of like said like, oh, we thought you would be like someone else. And this particular person was a black female. So basically they took the image of another black woman and how they had like the interactions with her and then put them on me. You know what I'm saying? And I'm supposed to be like the exact same, like, oh, all black women are like, you know, angry, aggressive. And me giving them another light of what a black woman is, of how smart we are. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, you know, they always want me around. They always like look to me for ideas and stuff. And I just, sometimes I feel like, just that in itself, like, I don't even got time to, you know, prove to you why racism is wrong. I'm going to show you, you know, with yeah. how I carry myself, you know? I agree. And I, I think agree. that is something that I would say, I would say most, but I think all Black people deal with in this world, not even just in America. I think that we yeah. all have to wear a mask and we all feel the need, especially when we're working in the professional world. And even if we're not, we feel the need when we enter these spaces to be someone different. And I think even sometimes maybe it's still ourselves, but a lighter version of ourselves, a more polite version, a more what mm -hmm. we would think a Eurocentrically acceptable version of ourselves. And it's very frustrating. And I think that when we celebrate Black History Month, especially when I see it being celebrated now, it's us you know, like glorifying these things about black people and like our hair yeah. versus like we have to wear, a, a, you know, a slick back bun to work. Like, no, we're wearing afros, we're wearing locks and that's just what it is. And I think that when we consider this mask and the nonviolent movement versus the violent movement, for instance, I think that they were saying, hey, we we see what you're doing to us and we know you we know from your research, from history historically the way you have treated us that you think we are savages and we're not we're going to show you that you're the savages because when I do my own personal research on the black history month I mean not black history month but like you know it's the civil rights movements and just like mm -hmm. everything we've been through as a people then the sit downs were really intense like you know if you yeah. were, if you were looking at how how they were and how graceful they were and how resilient they had to be to, to ignore those people like they were spitting in their faces they were pushing them they were throwing things at them they had dogs they had hoses it was not it was not pretty so when you consider all that i think for hell yeah rise up <laughs> you know <laughs> you know food of islam get your army what <laughs> so I right think, yeah i think that that's um that's how i feel about it but i just think that overall um black history month has really evolved from yeah. like where it started because if you think about it black history month it started out as negro history week uh mm -hmm. in 1926 and we're you know we're in 2020 and it's it's this big thing that we celebrate every year and now it's being celebrated over the world in, in the world so in the uk for instance they celebrate it. in the netherlands it's also a national holiday because black history is everywhere. And I think it's kind of a shame that the world is just starting to realize this. And I also think it's a shame that we put it just into one month. 
because black history is everywhere. We built these countries. We built these countries. Like when I when I visited Italy, for instance, we built those beautiful structures. Like that wasn't built by them. Who who do you, who do we think was working? You know, and so I just feel like, do, do you think we need a month? <laughs> I think like you, you, uh, you, I think we need a whole year, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm just... like yeah, year. <laughs> I think it's something we should be celebrating every day. I think we should be celebrating our blackness yeah. every day. I think in these 100 yeah. years, Negro History Week should have been a year. And I think white people get so frustrated that we have this month. Very frustrated, girl. For those who say there shouldn't be a Black History Month, we're finna get into it. Um, and this is gonna be what I want to call our like get back like this is our rebuttal for for those who say that we shouldn't have it what do you think it's vital period it's vital period Period. um (laughs) because we have to remember our past because if you don't remember your past history rewrites itself okay bottom line you know um we need to educate all of our my little babies my little brown babies because and I don't want them to ever. Uh, yeah, they need to know because they need to know. they need to know because this is a responsibility to make sure it doesn't happen again, right? To make sure that the prejudice and all that. Well, first of all, it's still here because, like, how we teach our kids about racism and how to, you know, handle being, you know, in that type of environment. There's also parents teaching their kids to be racist. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we have to continue to have these conversations because they're having them conversations too. Understand, they're having those conversations too. Like, hey, we don't want you to hang out with Dwayne. You know what I'm saying? Like, they are telling their kids this, like, for real. Like, I, I said Dwayne. I just, <laughs> that's the only name I could think of. But, like, they really tell, um, and it's crazy because at my pre- I'm not making this up, but there was someone that came up to me at this other place I worked at and um, she came up to me and my friends and apologized because she was a white woman. She apologized and she said that she grew up in a racist household where her parents told her to not hang around black people, told her to not hang around their black neighbor, you know, like for real. And she just straight up apologized because we showed her like, you know, we never talked about racism or anything like that. We were just nice. We were just like nice people. And she was just like, wow. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's so you know you know what? and i found that so goddamn frustrating like why do you white woman or white man feel the need to come up to me and apologize for you growing up in a racist household boohoo so sad so sorry but why like why do you need to burden why do you feel the need and the comfort and the privilege to be able to burden me with that like that is so goddamn frustrating mm-hmm. like i feel like okay you grew up in a racist household keep that to yourself and how about you navigate in the world by not being racist how about you take what you grew up with and you transfer that into your actions and show love to people, all people, and not have these prejudices? And how about you show me that through your actions, not through you coming up to me where I'm perfectly comfortable in this space with my friends having fun and you feel the need to come up to me and let me know that? Why? It doesn't it doesn't benefit yeah. me. It doesn't make me feel better. It doesn't it doesn't. Like that that makes me so mad. Like you just invited yourself over here to tell me that. How does that? How does that? How does that benefit me? It really doesn't. Like, yeah. Did you see you going you off? Yeah, <laughs> I am because I'm so tired. Like, I'm so tired, and I think a part of that has to do with being in a 
white institution like after especially after being mm-hmm. at Howard like it's so uh, it's annoying like studying in these spaces like I'm studying health right so I'm always studying health disparities and guess who's at the top of the chart black people who do we have who, who has the highest proportion of diabetes prevalence of diabetes black people who's dying from breast cancer and and not even being diagnosed with that higher rate high rates like white women black women these things are happening to us and and we we're forced to be in these spaces like so i'm studying health and i'm studying these charts and these things and when i'm in these spaces these little people's microaggressions they touch me every day and when i go to and i don't go to school very often anymore now that i'm graduating soon so a lot of my classes i don't have to be there or i don't go but i'm a graduate y'all so and it's like <laughs> i don't go because it I don't want to be in these spaces anymore. And it's annoying because we have to, we, but we have to, we have to work in these spaces and we have to work together and we have to be together. So I just ask people and white people and non-black people, non-people of color, like consider, consider your words before they come spewing out of your mouth. Like shit. Like I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired. And people think, yeah. people think they're know, like, oh, happy for- and go lucky. And it's not that way. <laughs> yeah. To me, um, I ain't gonna lie to you. I was actually uh, happy, like that she um, spoke up on it because there's a lot of people who um, act like it doesn't exist, and sometimes acknowledgement goes a long way. And for me, it's just the acknowledgement. So, like you know, you just have conversations with people you would never think that they were prejudiced or you know had some type of sentiments towards you mm-hmm. um, be- because of your race and acknowledgement is like i know in her mind like that was a part of the healing process that she needs right to understand you know what i'm saying that it was wrong and that's the part that i'm like okay boom her fucking light came on you know what i'm saying and and she's older but it's like boom her fucking light finally came on kudos to her but i wish a lot of other people were like that but i'm listening <laughs> uh, yeah i see your perspective and i also could see hers but I think I feel like, yes, her light may have come on and she may have needed this to be a part of her, her healing process. But what and I'm glad that it made you happy and it opened up a space for a conversation. But if she had come up to a person like me, I would have just been looking at her because I just would have wondered what went through her mind to make her feel like she could walk over here and invite herself into my space and give me her burden. I, that's, and that's how I feel about it. And I think that yeah. it's really beautiful that you have the perspective to be like, you know what? This is a time to have a conversation and maybe enlighten her and have be a part of her healing process. And I think that's really beautiful. But I think with where I am in the world right now, and I, a lot of black people are in the world right now, I think we're fed up and we're tired of it. And fed why up. is it 2020? Why is it 2018? Why is it 20 anything? And you're still, you're just realizing that you are racist and that is, is wrong. Why? Why? why <laughs> and i think yeah you know what i hear you i receive you bitch i'm receiving every part of this i'm here for it like and i it's like the frustration i feel it um and like i think what it is is like i don't know if i have a temperament thing i don't know if it's like i'm just very like i it's just it's weird like i've literally even when i was working um when i was a, working as a nurse or whatever um doing my like internship shit um, there was an elderly woman and she was like being so racist um, towards Hispanics. Um, 
some of these women weren't even Hispanic. She just thought they were. They were actually Indian. And she was just like telling them to go back to their country. They're, they're going to take your jobs. She even whispered to me and she was like, you know, watch out for them. They're going to take your job. Um, then she then she also said that she uh, had a um, a godson or whatever that looks like me. I was like, what do you mean looks like me? Do you mean black? And then she kind of like had like this little smirk or smile. And she was like, yeah, that's right. And she was just very prejudiced, yeah, basically. And yeah very racist and um you know it's so weird because my temperament in that situation i kept coming into her room i kept coming into her room i kept coming into her room helping her i kept coming i actually was sitting in her room and listen to her talk and ramble about her life and and things of that nature and we just had conversations and she was asking what i do and what school i go to and i just looked at this woman i'm like you know i'm talking to a racist woman and I and it's it's not in my mind it's like damn like it's not about how do I say it? it's not about like driving it home that you know you're wrong it's like I'm about to show you yes. why your mindset is so fucked up look at how like I'm a person first you get what I'm saying yes. I speak the same language as you so I just, I don't know. I have, I've literally lost my voice with that whole argument when it comes to like dealing with racist white people. I literally be like, okay, and I'm going to show you exactly who the fuck I'm not. I'm mm -hmm. not what you think I am. I'm not a monkey. I'm not this. I'm not a ratchet. I'm not hood. I'm not going to clap at you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get in your face. I'm not going to, da, 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 da. I'm not going to do anything that you feel like I do on a daily basis. I'm going to be the exact opposite and show you, you know, it's just, it's just yeah. like, I, just I just be dusting it off my shoulder because it's just you have uh, to. but but let's get back to because girl we can run on this okay, for we, days, we honey. Could, and I have one last, <laughs> I have one last point we're gonna get back to Black History Month. But I think this, okay. this has a lot to do with it. Like Black people, this is us navigating and living just our everyday lives, and these are things that mm -hmm. people deal with. Like, which I wonder if a white person has experienced a black person walking up to them. Oh man, I grew up in a racist household, but. I, you know, mm. I've, I've evolved or, you know, just mm. these preconceptions. And I think that the way that you navigate it is beautiful and just, you know, just being yourself and being loved and being kind. And I think that's what we need more of. And I think ultimately that's what I try to be. And even and well, when it comes to those situations where people are walking up to me or people are hateful, I think that it come. my choice is usually to not expend my energy on those people. And I'm polite, but it's real it's pretty short you know i'm not i i and, yeah. and, or and, unless i feel like engaging like if i feel like it but it's not often that i will deeply engage in a person that is and that's just where I, that's where i am now i think if you asked me two years ago i would have been like oh yeah like i'm you know all these things but the way i feel is yes i'm this professional woman i wear suits i do research i you know can do highly fucking intellectual things but the thing is I also might clap back at you and I, and I do yell and I do yes, clap back. And like, and the thing is, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's those, I'm just trying to say that we black people have this really beautiful duality. And I think that's mm -hmm. the thing that like black history month is celebrating. And that's the thing that it wants to pride, like wants to be more prideful of. And the reason why we need to showcase black people, because like we, we created a lot of 
first things in this country, in this world. Yes. Um, that are often actually swept under the rug and, you know, white people like to Columbus mm-hmm. shit. So and they, taken from yeah, us. Yeah, so they Columbus it, rename it, and then it's not ours, according to them. But we and then but then we can go to a party and throw that ass back. Like I don't it's not throw that ass, ho. <laughs> throw that ass. Ho. <laughs> um <laughs> I don't fuck with you. I don't fuck with you. <laughs> so I, it's, it's just frustrating. We're mimicked a lot. We are mimicked. Yes. We are we are trying they try to duplicate us. Yes. Um yes. and it's sad bitch it's sad like it's like we got white girls trying to be black girls to make money on social media we have them stealing our ideas and we also just have we just live in a world where black people from everywhere they're just really put down like i noticed when i was traveling for new year's that people just look at you and they just stare and i don't know if it's a curiosity in europe i found that it's a thing of curiosity probably due to the way i look like i when I was traveling, I had these long lock. I had lock extensions. Now I'm wearing my locks, but I had lock extensions. I had these long, flowy locks, this, you know, brown, golden skin, and these big guys, these green eyes. And I just had an attitude. <laughs> I was tired of people staring at me. So they're just like, <laughs> where is this girl from? Because they're probably used to people like, there's a lot of African refugees there that I noticed when I was in Germany, for instance. Um, and they're probably just not used to like certain levels of confidence and like, I could keep going, but I'm, I lost my thought. But but it's just, the point the point I'm making is confidence and our looks and just black people are so beautiful. And I'm just tired of the world not acknowledging that and trying to brush it under the rug. Yeah, it's 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 legit like brush under the rug. It's legit an issue. Um, and it's another point that I'm going to get to about Black History Month and why we have to have it is because it allows us to remember our worth. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. It allows us to remember our worth, remember these key things that we did. Cause I mean, you can get kind of like, like we did that. Like, you know, that's sometimes I like, cause there's so many like, like black icons that like you just kind of read about or you hear about, like even with the hidden figures, honestly, until that movie came out, I was like, Oh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you just kind of start finding out these different these like these people, yes, every year. you know, yes, and yes. it's it's dope. It's dope. It's like really like enlightening to see like, oh, okay, we we touched a little bit of everything. We definitely did. literally a little bit of everything. We did, and actually, I I have to remember um, the Instagram name. I don't have my phone with me, but there's a there's a really beautiful black black young lady on TikTok and Instagram, and she does like fast black history fast black history month facts and like she'll literally do like a 20 second video or 15 second video and she educates you about people we had never even heard of so for and for me someone who self-educates and if you look at my library at home most of my authors are black I would say about 85 percent of the books that I read are authored by black authors because it's just so much that we haven't learned and so much that we can take from the black experience and just so much that has yet to be unearthed, which is why we need a year. <laughs> yeah, we need a whole year. It's a lot of us. It's a lot of talented us around here. And we deserve. We need it. a whole motherfucking year. We need to get reparations. <laughs> like I'm still, we're still waiting. It's Girl, we're gonna have to do a whole another episode about that reparations. Yes. So, T, I got a question. I got a question. <laughs> okay, I'm listening. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. 
white power versus black power. My fist is mm. raised. It, it literally, right? <laughs> What's the difference? What does it mean? Why? Go. Okay. Black power is black people embracing that they have power to fight the wrongs that have been done to them and the injustices in the world. And black power is a gathering of black people recognizing their power and coming together to fight the system. And that's in different ways. And it, it's meant different things over time. And it's been needed because throughout the history, I'm going to speak on the U.S. history, but this you, this can be mirrored across the world. Black people have been put in a place where they've been subject to violence and destruction of families and destruction of land when we try to come together and build something. So Black Power is this institution that we're, or this force that we're taking on and we're like, you know what, fuck this. We're, we're going to fight back. And that's Black Power. White Power, on the other hand, when I think of White Power, I think of Big Orange. Like I think of, <laughs> I think of white people <laughs> who are privileged and have prejudices and are taking on the power because white power when i think about it is something that is already like underwritten in society like whenever you are white in this world there is a certain level of privilege that you carry so you already have that power as you're moving through your everyday life and so with white power i don't even think it's something that should have ever been a movement or a thought because it's something that's moving with us and as we move and it's something that black people have to navigate through so when i think of white power and the fact that some white people have decided to get together and create this this group or this idea that they should have power over people and bring make america great again and what what the fuck does that mean like is like should we be in chains again like it does white power mean that that's forcing an institution of um you know, putting people into these boxes and these categories and sometimes chains. Like it's, it's what is white power? So because I'm not white, I can't fully answer that question because I don't feel it. And I just think the idea, the whole idea is ludicrous to me because white power is everywhere. And, but I also feel in being black and in being a strong black woman, I feel like black power is also everywhere because black people are powerful. But I think the difference is, is that sometimes black people have yet to realize it due to the way that these institutions have worked. Yeah. I want to tell you my take. I think, I think, girl, you were, first of all, you was going you said, in, you said go. first of all. You said go, say, so I went. You, you, you went. You went. I wasn't ready, so I you had gave to, me life, girl. to me. I had to get them out. Hey, that <laughs> <laughs> um, I think um, the difference between white power and black power is motive. Mm. You know? Um, the motive of black power is to enlighten, um, to empower to enrich i think white power is is the exact opposite of that is to belittle anybody else that's not white <laughs> um i i think that th those people really don't like other races like they really and i don't think i think what it comes with black people is i think we genuinely genuinely love other races as long as you're not racist you know what i'm saying yeah. like that's just kind of what it is. I, I, it's just motive, the intent behind it, the meaning behind it, the the strength behind it. It's like it's not like white power is literally to segregate and 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 the thing about it is is it's like it's not just black people that they don't like. Yeah, it's, it's really <laughs> it's like not just black people. anybody. Yeah, it's like anybody with some extra color 
it's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> so but, but the thing yeah, is, yeah, it's, it's something you mentioned earlier is like people who are coming to this country doing those jobs, oftentimes they're doing jobs that we don't want to do. And that black people sure mm. about to do. We tired. We didn't we we've been the cleaners, we've been the gardeners, we've done that. We're not doing it. Yeah. So we need somebody to come do it. Yeah. And what's wrong with offering people a better life? I don't think there's nothing wrong with offering people a better way of life. Not whatsoever. Um, I think that the only thing that I hate is I feel like um, co- corporations and companies that hire, you know, illegal immigrants, um, it takes away from the, the prison population, the people that just get out of the ex-convicts yes, yes who just get out. Um the lower of low. So basically the lowest of the totem pole, which would be your ex-convicts, the people that are deemed unworthy by society, they are left jobless because they would rather, you know, companies would rather pay illegal immigrants less and not have to deal with um putting them on like, you know, taxes and stuff like that. They just it's all under the table. Yeah. So and it's something like, you know, even though We'll be the lowest of the totem pole. Shoot, we still want our taxes. You know, we're citizens. Yeah. Even though you're an ex-convict, you're a citizen. So they rather prefer paying someone who's not a citizen to do the job. So it hurts and helps. I think we also have to, like, like uh, before I stop, before. I'm not saying I want the illegal immigrants out. Not saying that. Not at all. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think everyone is afforded opportunity in america like i just have to throw that disclaimer out because some people will take that you mm-hmm. know bad i just think that it's just it's more so like i want companies to hire my ex-con yeah please. i just wish we had a better i just <laughs> wish we had a better systematic way of i just wish the fight wasn't um against immigrants and when which they felt like they had to sneak in here and be considered illegal you know i just wish that we, if we had yeah. a system that you know allowed people in with the you know the right paperwork and like actually went through the process and I, and yeah. I know that's a for people who are in super serious situations trying to get like really flee their countries but there has to there it's has to be some type of balance there. right but we're not talking about that that's a whole nother episode but i, I did want to say that another one. i do like that you um put that white power and black power the difference is motive because that is really a good idea it really is motive and that that orchestrates how they go about dealing with their dealing with their perspective mission mm-hmm. man bro this was a gem man this is a good show it was it was i think it really enlightened uh, me and hopefully the listeners on just the different things about black history month as it's evolving and how we think about it today and while we didn't necessarily touch on the history and the evolution of it i think more so the ideas that we are considering are slightly more not important, but where the conversations are right now. Just like, why are we celebrating yeah. it? Why is it important? And how have these different movements and nonviolent movements, you know, the black power movement, how have those things influenced the way that we move throughout our everyday lives and the way that people interact with us? Yeah, most definitely. I, I learned a lot here. Um, and it's really giving me like some food for thought, some things to think yes. about. Yes. So <laughs> on that note, peace, love and blessings is talking that talk with Key and T.